Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. I've been really looking forward to welcoming Kelly Weeks to the podcast. Kelly is a marketing mentor and mindset and confidence coach for authors. And it has to be said, all-round lovely person. I've known Kelly for a couple of years, but we only actually met face-to-face this year at the London Book Fair. Kelly has been involved with books and publishing for almost her whole working life from when she started out as a bookseller through to senior marketing roles at HarperCollins and Hodder and Stoughton, where she oversaw the marketing across the adult list. She's worked with household brand names such as Stephen King, who's one of my all-time favourites, and Jodie Picoult. She's launched debut authors and has worked on a broad selection of non-fiction authors. So Kelly knows a few things about authors. She understands the mindset and confidence challenges they face, such as fear of being visible, how to handle rejection, comparatonitis, lack of self-belief, loss of confidence, overwhelm, burnout, and procrastination. So stay tuned as we put Kelly through her paces. Welcome, Kelly. How's everything with you today? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm good, thank you. Excellent. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. Could you start by telling us about how you got started in book publishing, please? Well, I sort of got started in publishing by accident. I was working in a bookshop when I was a student and it was just a holiday job to earn some cash before I went back for the new term. And I I just simply, I just fell in love with it. I loved being surrounded by books, talking about books, dealing with people who came in and asked lots of questions about what books they should read. And it completely changed what I was thinking about for my career. So when the time came to leave university, I, I applied for all and every job I could think of in publishing, often not really understanding the little differences between things. So I would merrily send off an application for an assistant editor mm-hmm. as easily as I would for an editorial assistant without really realising they were very, very different roles. <laughs> and I was very fortunate. My CV got pulled out. I applied for one job um, at HarperCollins and I didn't get that one, but my CV got pulled out by someone who is looking for um, a team member for the retail marketing department so that the it was so long ago that it was the department that used to work on um, promotions and then kind of sold them into bookshops whereas now all the retailers have got their own marketing departments and he liked my bookshop experience and my um, kind of commitment and passion for it and I started from there really and went into that marketing department and gradually moved across until the point that I was doing marketing across the whole fiction list at HarperCollins. Which kind of authors did they have on the fiction list when you were there? I would work on um, people like Philippa Gregory, Kathy Kelly, Cecilia Hearn. There was an author called George R.R. R. Martin, where everyone was completely desperate to read the next book in his <laughs> series. And it was uh, long before the, um, before the television show. But there was a real kind of mixture of authors there. And then I went on to work at Hodder, where I worked with all sorts of authors because I was across their whole adult trade list then. 
That sounds so interesting. Must be great to get to work with authors that you really enjoy reading. Yeah, I've been really lucky. I've worked (laughs) with some incredible people. It's just so nice to kind of meet some of these people and work with them and get their books out there. So now you have your own business where you mentor and coach authors. What made you want to make that change? So initially when I made the, the change in role and I kind of stepped into working for myself, that came about really from my personal circumstances. Mm-hmm. I moved out of London and we started our family and I had my son and I realised that I couldn't really go back to that kind of commuter life of going into London and that I needed to create something for myself. So I knew that I wanted to keep it around marketing and I did quite a lot of training in social media because I had learned social media on the job. I'd been there as Twitter had started, as Facebook had started, and I just learned on the job. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to go away and really understand kind of the best practice and what you should do for the different channels. And then I took those skills and applied them to all sorts of clients, but particularly authors and publishing and I realized that it was a way for me to combine my like publishing experience with my new kind of marketing expertise and knowledge and it gradually evolved from there really so I worked a lot on social media strategies for people I ran some accounts for some people I had a brilliant mm-hmm. summer where I was running Ina Blyton social media accounts oh which was gosh. I know <laughs> it was really really great fun I just realized that the way I wanted to work with authors was in a more supportive, hand-holding way. So I w- mm-hmm. often I would create strategies for people where I would say, you know, here you go, here's 20 pages on how you could go and build your Facebook or Instagram presence, mm-hmm. and this is what you should do. It was completely overwhelming, and I get that now. That okay. wasn't necessarily the right approach with my clients. Then I realized that actually the way I would prefer to work and what would work better for them is almost take them through the process and mm-hmm. hand by hand. So now I mentor people through it so we kind of work through all these different stages and sessions so they can get to grips with what marketing they could be doing and because my background is in marketing I influence marketing beyond social media so I can bring in all of my kind of other ideas and knowledge too on the coaching front I've been working with my own coach now for I think it's coming up for three years I was working with her around me my self-development my personal development but also how to build my business And I just really fell in love with coaching and the difference it had made in myself, how I could like master myself and I could change how I thought about things and how I approach my life and my business. And I wanted to take all those skills and take them back to kind of publishers and authors. So last year I trained to be a coach and I'm accredited with the Institute of Leadership and Management. So I, as well as the marketing mentoring, I also work with some some clients who need more coaching around mindset, confidence. Um, So you asked me what challenges often come up. I work with people who are often feeling very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They kind of just feel like this huge to-do list and they don't know where to get started. I have people who are so kind of worried about what the future holds, whether that's will their book get an agent, will it get published, will it be a bestseller, will all the retailers take it, that they're almost frozen Mm -hmm. and they can't actually do their work, which is to write the book. Often the authors I work with are in a state of like lack of motivation or overwhelm or they're procrastinating. So I help them get back into that habit of writing their book and to focus on what they need to do now. I work with some authors who are gone so far down the overwhelm route that they're in burnout they just can't really do anything so then it's coming back to things like 
self-care and how to look after themselves and how to kind of build themselves up so it's really it's a privilege to do this work and I love that kind of support that I can offer authors and I think the two go hand in hand and I have some authors who just need my marketing support and others who need the coaching and some who need a bit of both because actually I guess where I started out how it overlaps with marketing is if we don't have that self-belief and that confidence it's very hard to put ourselves out there and be visible and to talk about our book and our projects yeah that's so true so do you work with authors who are at different stages of their careers do you see debut authors and then authors who have maybe got a couple of Mm. books under their belt yes so on the marketing front I tend to work with authors who are quite early on in their stage of building their author brands um, Mm -hmm. because I'm so focused on helping them work on their author brands and their social media presence so often I work with people who haven't yet published their book but are trying Mm -hmm. to build up that presence since ahead of time or they've got a book deal but the book's coming quite quickly and they want to build that presence and then on the coaching side it's a real mix I particularly like working with and I've worked with a number of authors who are a bit more established so they've got two or three books out there but they've lost their way they start to kind of lose their confidence I think it's a such competitive industry that it's very yes. easy to be distracted by you know who's mm-hmm. the hot new star that's coming through and getting the big deals and getting the marketing budget so you can feel that your own career is slowing down maybe mm-hmm. there's that increased pressure so you've had like one or two bits that have been great successes but now you've got to come up with the third and how are you going to do that and that pressure mm-hmm. that people put upon themselves is really constraining in terms of creativity and then being able to go and do to do that book. If an author's feeling this sense of comparatonitis, what can they do about it? Well, first of all, I think it's a really common thing. It's so easy to get distracted by what others are doing. And particularly today when we just open our Instagram feed or (laughs) look on social media (laughs) and you see all these highlights from other people's lives. So I would try and think about what it is in particular that's triggering you. So often there's a message there. So if you're finding that you are really triggered by people who are getting amazing book deals or something that could be telling you that that's actually what you want. So it's about reframing it and flipping Mm -hmm. it into rather than feeling jealous that that person has got something you haven't think about it as that person is showing you that something is possible. I think there's a fear of scarcity, the fact Mm -hmm. that if one book person gets a deal, that means you can't, but actually there's, there is enough, there really is enough for everybody. Just because someone's read one book doesn't mean they're not going to read another. So flip it into just showing you everything that's possible. The key thing about not falling for comparison, not being so focused on it, is you're just dealing your time and energy away from your own project. All that time that you spend worrying about what other people are doing, you can't control what they're doing. So the worrying is a bit of a waste of time. Whereas actually, if you could kind of shut yourself off to it and just really focus on you. So it's that saying that often gets quoted on social about stay in your lane, but really focus on yourself because that's what you can do and that's what you can control. Absolutely. So when you see authors are struggling with overwhelm, are they often overwhelmed at everything that they have to do, the writing, the marketing, the Yes, absolutely. It's that overwhelm. It's just that sense of you've just got too much on your plate. Mm -hmm. And often it is around your professional work. So yes, for an author, it might be thinking, I've I've got to do this book and I've got to hit this deadline. But I'm also need to be thinking about my social media and hold on a minute, I've got to have a website and then I need to have an email address. Everyone's telling me I've got to be on TikTok and it just kind of (laughs) boils up and up and up and up. And also we're all individuals. So that overwhelm can come from other aspects of your life, right? It can be, Mm -hmm. um, yes, I've got this work, 
but I've also got to sort out these things and I've got stuff happening in my family or my life and it just is that sense that everything is too much and closing in on you so I think when you're in that state it's very easy to just freeze and get stuck and not not know how you get out of it and I think a key thing is to really focus on coming back to the present so even as far as kind of getting back into your body. So slowing down, if you're feeling that kind of rising panic, slow down, take some slow, deep breath. You know, there's that technique of look for five things that you can see, four that you can hear, three that you can touch, Mm -hmm. two that you can smell, one that you can taste, you know, just bring, bring you right back into the present moment. And then when you have calmed down, then you can just start to go through things really methodically. So let's, let's get it all on paper. Let's write a list. And then really sense check that list. Does it all have to be done today? I'm I'm one for being very bad of thinking, oh my gosh, I've got so much to do. But actually when I list it all down and write the deadlines, I'm worried about things that don't have to be done for two months time. It's just part of this big, enormous list I've created. If I really write it all down and map it out, I'm like, okay, well, this is manageable because this is today. And those two things are by the end of the week. And it Mm -hmm. just makes it much easier. So it's all about kind of prioritizing and knowing what's important can you say no to some things can you push back do you actually have to be doing all those things sometimes you need that moment to step aside and you know maybe go out for a walk get some fresh air change the scenery change your state and then the key thing is actually to start so do something and pick something that's really small and just take action and think okay it's just a series of steps and all I have to do right now is take that first step when I've taken that first step I can take the second but just really focus on each individual task one after another rather than seeing that kind of enormous to-do list and that giant picture and being overwhelmed by it yeah that's really good advice it's I always find things so much easier when I write them down into a list that I can break up (laughs) yeah I'm a real list person and also I like time blocking so I got into to right. using my Google calendar on my desktop and I literally mm-hmm. put in blocks of exactly what I'm going to do when so when I look at my week I can actually yeah. see how it all fits together that's a really good idea I need to go further I think with my list I'm not so mm. good at assigning the time to the mm. task because that's the danger oh as well God. isn't it you think oh I can do all these things today yes. and, and you can't necessarily get through it all so you need to also be quite sensible in terms of what well, is this practical mm. can I actually do that and that's a really good thing with your to-do list is it really practical you can do that? Just pick three things for each day. Keep it That's as small and simple idea. as you can. So sometimes I find my Monday lists are huge. It's ridiculous. It's like I want to try and do the whole week's work in <laughs> on Monday. Like there's there's five yeah. days. When you've got loads of energy and you're raring Yeah, to go. that's it. Right. <laughs> this, this, this. And not realising how long things take. <laughs> You talked about self-care earlier on. Mm. Why is it important that authors build self-care into their lives and what self-care should they focus on? Well, I often try and remind my clients that they are a business. I know that's kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, it's quite a marketing businessy way of thinking (laughs) it, but if their business is writing books, if they're not in a fit state to write their books, they don't have, they don't have a business. So everything kind of rests on them. So they are the CEO, as it were, of their author career. So if they go down, the ship goes down. So it's mm-hmm. really important to kind of shore up all that self-care. So not being tempted to just spend every single hour of your time working. A lot of it is all the kind of very sensible advice that we're told, you know, right from the beginning. It's kind of making sure you're eating well. Are you getting plenty right. of sleep? Are you getting exercise? Do you get out into nature? But also, do you do things that you love and that you're passionate about so for a lot of my clients actually it's their writing that kind of lights them up but Mm -hmm. if there are other things as well that 
you know really fuel them and fuel their creativity I really urge them to build in time for that as well so you are making your life as joyful and positive as possible so that you feel really positive and you've got that sense of well-being yes it puts you in in a much better headspace when you then sit down and you need to do your work talking about negative reviews do many of your authors struggle with those how can an author be more resilient to negative reviews or rejection when they're sending off their Mm. manuscripts I think we all struggle don't we with anything negative I think our brains are programmed that you know, you might have a hundred positive comments, but the mm. one negative one is the one that you'll fixate on. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> so unfair. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I think our brain kind of has this filter that just focuses on it. So yes, I mean, first of all, I would say, just know from the outset that you're not ever going to make everybody happy, and it's a hard truth. But not everyone will like you, and actually, that's yes. that's fair enough because your readers mm-hmm. will like you and will enjoy it. You will find you will find your place. So you almost have to go into it anticipating that there will be mm-hmm. those negative elements, but to not let it affect you. You can't control what anyone's saying. I think there's a point where when you write the book and you put it out in the world, the reader's experience with it, it's almost nothing to do with your writing. It's their kind mm-hmm. of personal, their personality or their situation or their environment is going to affect how they view that book. So you can't really read too much into those negative reviews. I saw someone on Twitter, he said, when you, if you're thrown by a negative view on Amazon, go and look up all of your favorite books and go and look at the one star reviews and, you yeah. know, have a laugh about them. And some of the reviews are just kind of ridiculous. Some, the person clearly hasn't even read the book. So I think you just have to just take them with a pinch of salt and know that they will come. In terms of rejection, it is, it is hard to be resilient and to kind of keep going and going and going. I would encourage people to see if there are any learnings in the reje- in the rejection, maybe see it as an opportunity yeah. to learn something, try something different. So if you've been turned down for something, is there feedback? Is there something you could do differently next time? Can you tweak the way you approach the next situation? So see everything as a learning mm-hmm. and also think about what you can learn from that situation, but also what you can control. You can't really control whether an agent is going to take you on or not that's going to be down to the agent's decision what you can control is how you respond to it and sort of protecting yourself and making sure you respond to it in a positive way that means you can continue and keep doing the work that you want to do rather than that rejection hitting with such a strong blow that you are then that you just stop and then you can't go forward yeah absolutely if an author is really lost the love of writing what would you suggest they do to get it back this has come up for my clients quite often And I always invite people to look back at when they did love it. What were the factors that used to work for them that aren't working now? I spoke to somebody recently who was really struggling and just felt out of love for the book and she just couldn't get back into it. And when we talked, she said that when she'd written her previous book and when that had gone really well, she was taking herself out for a to a cafe and writing in a cafe and she was just really enjoying that experience being out in the community and people watching while she was writing but this book that she was working on at the moment she was just sat at her desk at home she'd made no effort to replicate the same thing go into what's worked with you before and are you still trying those things can you have fun with the book can you lift the pressure off you for a bit if you're at a really Mm -hmm. tricky bit can you focus on another element I had a client recently who was saying that she felt out of connection with one of her characters so I was like well could could you just go and write something about that character it doesn't have to be a scene that's in the book but this could you just write scenes with them that's going to help you connect with them again and I've just done a post on this on Instagram about remembering your why so 
go back to what the purpose is why are you writing this book what does it mean to you to be an author what are you trying to achieve what will life look like when this book's been published so you need to kind of almost regroup and remember oh no this is why I'm doing it so when times do get tough you can see that vision of what you're aiming for thank you so much Kelly where can listeners go to connect with you Oh, thank, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I am on Instagram and LinkedIn. I follow the advice that I give authors and I try not to be everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram at Kelly underscore And I have a website, which is kellyweeks.co.uk, K-E-L-L-Y-W-E-E-K-E-S.co.uk. And I've also got a group for authors, Creating Confident Authors, where I try and share mindset tips, marketing tips, and promote community where people can swap their challenges and help each other. So you'll find that on Facebook as Creating Confident Authors. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I'll put links to everything you've mentioned in the show notes. Thank you. Visit www.victoriabenyon.com to book a free podcast guesting strategy session with one of our team. Using the information you provide when you book, we'll get to know you and your business better so you get the most value from your strategy call. You will come away from this 30-minute session with huge value. We'll share our top tips for being a podcast guest and up to five suggestions of perfect fit podcasts you can approach. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.